I was getting so many clients as a coach who just seemed to have a legacy of terrible advice. I wanted to give people a feel for what it was like to work on a forensic case, some of the roller coaster of emotions. I realized that I had trouble pronouncing some of the words in the book, particularly words that the Supreme Court had used in their opinions. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet business and public speaking coach Samara Bay, investigative genetic genealogist and biochemist Barbara Ray Venter, and UCLA law professor Joanna Schwartz. Press play to hear how these authors' specific areas of expertise informed and inspired their audiobooks. Enjoy. Hi, this is Samara Bay, author of Permission to Speak, How to Change What Power Sounds Like, starting with you. I wrote my book because I was getting so many clients as a coach who were coming to me for public speaking help or trying to get a better relationship going with their voice, who just seemed to have a legacy of terrible advice. And I realized this is what is out there about public speaking, terrible advice based on old stories about, you know, how they're supposed to sound. And we needed something new. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be delicate. I mean, as a professional voice person, I was pretty obsessed with the actual experience of doing this new thing with my voice. But trying to calibrate being at the mic with enough energy to really get the ideas across, but not pushing, not kind of performing, but rather really taking the invitation to be intimate with my listeners— was such an amazing thing to work on, and it was so delicate. I'm proud that I was able to, well, when you get to chapter seven of my book, I actually talk about how to lift ideas off a page and turn them into something that feels more alive. And I did that. I mean, I did that consistently for all the hours in the booth, and it felt great. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast, you know, I think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would do a really interesting job with it. I would love to hear her say my words. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was Rest is Resistance. Trisha Hershey is such an example, honestly, of the new sound of power, and hearing her say her own words was so profound. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is definitely in my car or back when I was living in New York— on the subway. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. At my local indie bookstore on the east side of Los Angeles, I got to chatting with the cashier. She asked what I was going to call the book I was writing, and when I told her, the man behind me in the queue, tall, red-headed, and rosy-cheeked, piped up with a guffaw, permission to speak. That's not something I've ever waited for. The cashier and I shared a delicious look. Precisely, sir. Precisely. Hi, this is Barbara Raventer, the author of I Know Who You Are. The Golden State Killer was the first case in which investigative genetic genealogy 
was used to identify a suspect in a criminal case. And it's one of those cases that is so important that even people who maybe have questions about the ethics of using genealogical databases for doing this kind of work would be hard-pressed to argue that this is a case that should not have been solved. This book is really about speaking for the victims and the survivors of the crimes that are described in the book. I wanted to give people a feel for what it was like to work on a forensic case, some of the roller coaster of emotions that you go through, from the horror of reading about the case itself to when you ultimately solve the case, the exhilaration of the discovery of who the person is that was the perpetrator. And just to share some of the complexity of working on these cases, it often seems like it's kind of magical that you start out with some names of matches and then voila, you have the name of a suspect. What I wanted to share was the twists and turns that you go through when you're trying to work on the case. You might have things like somebody who's adopted and you need to figure out who their parents are. Something else has happened. There's been maybe a family estrangement. And so it's not really quite as magical as it seems. There's actually a lot of hard work that goes into solving these cases. If I had to describe in one word what the experience of recording this audiobook was like, I would have to say emotional. I found myself tearing up as I was reading various passages of the book. The book is, after all, about giving voice to the victims and survivors of horrific crimes that were committed against innocent women and children for the most part. I was a little surprised by my reaction, but on the other hand, I was also basically reliving the experience of working on these cases. I realized that I had trouble pronouncing the word heinous. I think I pronounced it heinous. I also had trouble with several names that I had seen only in writing and had never heard pronounced. I do have an accent, and there are some words that I thought perhaps would be pronounced one way based on my Kiwi background, but that when I pronounced them what I thought was the correct way, I was told that that was at least not according to American English the correct way. <laughs> what I'm excited for listeners to hear about is the power of using investigative genetic genealogy to solve criminal cases. And I also hope that there is a takeaway for them that they as citizen scientists can help law enforcement by if they do DNA testing, uploading to the two databases that I mentioned, Family Tree DNA and GEDmatch, and then opting in to law enforcement. If I wasn't going to narrate the book, my dream narrator would be Sean Connery. I know that he's no longer with us, but I just loved his accent. In preparation for doing my own book, I listened to The Element, How Finding Your Passion Changes Everything by Ken Robinson. It was recommended by a friend, and it was excellent. My favorite place to read a book is Curled Up in Bed with My Cats, Bijou, Arthur, and Morgan Le Fay. I have been a bibliophile my entire life. I used to drive my mother crazy because I would read under the bedclothes with a torch. She was sure that I was going to totally ruin my eyesight. I don't read with a torch anymore, but I do still like to curl up with my cats.
And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. On March 3, 2015, a volunteer genealogist at a not-for-profit organization called DNA Adoption opened the following email. Subject. Unknown person search. Message. I work for the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. I am working a cold case involving a kidnapping of a child when she was approximately age two. She was recovered at approximately age five. Hi, this is Joanna Schwartz, author of Shielded, How the Police Became Untouchable. I wrote Shielded because I want readers and listeners to understand just how difficult it is for people whose rights have been egregiously violated by police to win in court. Filing a lawsuit is often the only way to get any measure of justice or accountability. But as I show in the book, over the past 60 years, officials at every level of government have created so many barriers to relief in civil rights cases that police have become all but untouchable. And I show in the book how these barriers have been justified and strengthened by claims that are overblown and sometimes downright false about the dangers of suing the police. And I also show how people who have tried to seek justice often have the courthouse doors shut in their face. My hope is that I'm offering a more nuanced exploration than you can get on Twitter or in even the newspaper, and we can use that nuance to push past polemics and misinformation that all too often guide debates about police reform. I also end the book with concrete steps that I hope that people at every level of government will take to make our system better. It ranges from advice for Supreme Court justices down to city council members and city attorneys and even people who are serving as jurors. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be exhilarating, which is not really a word, but in fact, two words, exhilarating and exhausting. Ever since I decided to write a book, I hoped that I could record the audiobook. I love listening to audiobooks, and I hoped that I would be able to bring my own interpretation to the book. And I'd never read the book out loud before from beginning to end, so it was a real thrill to have the chance to read it for the first time all the way through in this way. But it was also exhausting. Uh, reading out loud for five hours every day made my throat hurt and also my brain hurt to get through all of this material. As I was going through the text, I realized that I had trouble pronouncing some of the words in the book, particularly words that the Supreme Court had used in their opinions, sometimes words that I had read dozens of times but hadn't ever actually tried to say out loud. And I think the hardest word for me was mulcted, which is used in the Supreme Court's first decision creating qualified immunity. It's a mouthful, for sure, and I think that was the uh, hardest word for me to pronounce. I'm really excited that listeners and readers as well will get the chance to learn about the people that are in Shielded. The book is really driven by stories of real people, people who 
listeners likely will never have heard of before and whose stories they will never have heard of before, who have sought justice in the courts and whose efforts have really been frustrated by the system that we have created. I've gotten to know many of the people whose stories I tell in this book, and the stories that I have chosen are stories that I cannot stop thinking about. And I am really looking forward to the opportunity to be able to share those stories and those experiences with a broader audience. And I can tell you that many of the people whose stories I tell in this book are really excited about the fact that their stories are going to be shared with this larger audience. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook and I could ask anyone in the world to do so, and they would say yes, I would ask Carrie Washington. I remember seeing her performing a speech more than a decade ago by Sojourner Truth in a performance of readings from A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn, and she blew me away. She's a tremendous actress, obviously, with tremendous gravitas and intelligence that's displayed in everything she does. But I also know she is someone who cares deeply about civil rights and about police misconduct and brutality. And so having her voice speak these words would have been a tremendous honor for me. I listen to audiobooks all the time, and there are many, many audiobooks I have really loved listening to. One of my recent favorites was listening to Ann Patchett read These Precious Days, which is a series of essays about family and friendships and writing. I also loved listening to Michelle Obama read Becoming. I loved all of it, but particularly loved the first half about her childhood. And I loved, loved, loved The Short and Tragic Life of Robert Peace by Jeff Hobbs about Hobbs's college roommate and friend, Robert Peace. And what I loved about all of those audiobooks was the experience of listening to authors read their own work, especially when they're reading their memoirs, because it offers an amazing extra dimension of insight into what makes that person tick or into their experiences. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the car. I live in Los Angeles, and I have to drive a lot in Los Angeles. And when I can find an audiobook that I really get into, it makes that time in the car just zip by. And now, here is a clip from my audiobook. In the early hours of October 29, 1958, 60 years before Captain Cody and his team invaded Henri Norris's home, James Monroe, his wife Flossie, and their six children woke to the sounds of men breaking into their basement apartment on the west side of Chicago. The intruders were 12 police officers and Frank Pape, the department's chief of detectives, who was known for taking pictures of himself with the corpses of men he killed, and whom local newspapers referred to, with reverence, as Chicago's toughest cop. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash nextlisten.